0: welcome to into theology dude. in person for the first time That's crazy i haven't seen you in the flesh
1: for like what six years something
0: like that? right because we talked about it. the last time we saw each other was you were in a minivan like six years ago and you were telling me that i need to buy a minivan yeah and i eventually did because i have three kids now and it's the best ever yeah but
1: you were like down on me for it
0: yeah i was mocking you with, you know maybe internally i was mocking you i was like who is this old man yeah, yeah getting me a minivan dude man when those kids are like
1: so far in the back you're like i can drive in peace and quiet this is amazing <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think in the third one because like basically, if you have three kids in the row in the back with like a little baby, it's really hard. We yeah. have four, four kids, so you and can, we, we we drove. We it.
1: drove three weeks ago from Colorado to Canada. Four kids and two Labrador retrievers in the car.
0: You brought the dogs. Yeah, we brought
1: the dogs. Where are they? They're in Windsor. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is it weird across the border with dogs? I no, guess they're it- fine. Oh, yeah. I guess because it's, like, visiting. Cause to actually yeah, they're just t- visiting. T- we had to get all their tags yeah, yeah. and we like, had to show all, like, documentation okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like
1: that. But, like, uh, update the vaccines and stuff. So uh, interesting. Yeah, it's so okay. hilarious. And it, it was great. They were great.
0: And, okay, so we should say, so we haven't recorded since May or June. I think beginning of June. I yeah, can't remember. Early May. Part of that's both of us. We've been really busy. But you're also up in Canada. You're kind of with your family. Yeah. Semi-vacation. You're also yeah. here to kind of help out with... Yeah,
1: like, one of my... My mom has, like, health issues, so I'm kind of, like, helping her and... Uh, yeah, so we've been here for about three weeks, and then before all that, it was like, you know, grad, and then getting grades in, and all that kind of stuff, so yeah, we haven't like, and then you were in California, I think, right?
0: Yeah, so I was in, Calif- so I was in California for only like a week, but my family stayed behind for a couple weeks. So oh, I, whoa. I was a bachelor, and, and my dad flew up from Alberta, and I think it was the first time in my adult life where I was able to hang out with my dad, just one-on-one. Crazy. For like a week. well, it was like four days or yeah, something. Yeah, still. It was like a ton of fun. We saw, what did we see? Did we go to the movie this? No, we didn't. We actually watched Stranger Things together. Oh, really? Yeah. So, it
1: was like, he helped me on your new house or something? Yeah. Or? So
0: we were... Well, let's see, we we're finishing building a fence and a bunch of stuff around the house. We installed a sink. Uh, that's cool, though. I remember all the things. He's going to fly out again in August. We're going to help, we're going to rebuild the deck. So. Okay.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. That's like, so good.
0: He likes to do it. So, and I like to. I, I'm finding out that like, once you own a house, you become like the handyman like, instinct, like the dad instinct kind of like switches on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, because I rent, so I've never had to do okay. it. Okay.
0: Yeah, we rented before, and we did a little bit of stuff. But like once you own, it's like, because I've had to pay for one thing, so for only, but you think, okay, I can either build this fence, and I built it because I bought used probably for like $1,000. If I would have paid, it would have been like five oh, or six grand. Awful.
1: Yeah, especially the price of lumb- yeah. lumber right now. It's
0: crazy. Great. So actually, I, I bought lumber from people like on online so they took down their fence I came and ripped it off just interesting I met one lady a whole section of fence fell off and I met her and I w- had a we had to denail it she ac- her husband is actually friends with my dad it's just oh, totally weird. random like in like the, the world that we're in but anyways yeah. that's how I did it on the cheap I'm gonna double check our camera okay I'm not used to this yet so we're good we're actually on camera together so hey everyone
1: we're sitting in detour <laughs> was a detour cafe in Dundas in Ontario, Dundas, Ontario nice day hanging out with our uh, lawyer friend Chris, Chris Kinsinger. we have
0: a picture for proof of that but yeah. we'll, we'll save that for later um, okay but I think we're going to get back to it we're going to read this and then next we're going to do a mission of God I believe
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes that's what we'll do we, we cut won't that. get us we into any more that, trouble than we already cut are cut that comment we'll see <laughs> no um, no I think next we'll do uh, what do we say Thomas uh, the sh- really small the Peter we talked also
0: about doing Martin Luther's um, oh, right. Freedom of the Christian yeah, the 15, which we could do pieces. like in one or
1: two yeah we could do first treatise oh, oh, oh yeah, the, three. the three the three yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, freedom of christian letter to german nobility and right. What's the third um, one
0: that's the only two that Babylonian i can think of oh okay yeah, yeah yeah yeah. well the freedom of the christian for sure i almost feel like and maybe this is the wrong word dude, it's it's sort of like a summary of like the reformed
1: yeah kind two of kingdoms faith.
0: Yeah. it's two kingdoms but also what justification yeah, is works the freedom of the conscience yeah. which everybody seems to have forgotten about yeah. during the covid pandemic yeah. Yeah. isn't there that'd be really really cool yeah yeah Obviously, the other two would be great as well. And actually, uh, there's a new edition coming out. Um, oh yeah, no, I've uh, seen those. It looks nice. No, who's, we know the person who's doing. What's his name again? He used to pastor in uh, BC, but moved to the US. He's an Anglican. Oh, Wedgworth Steve Wedgeworth. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wedgeworth is doing one. Oh, is he? Oh, I didn't. I know believe that. it, it might only. Pressing or yeah, oh. it might be just a freedom of the Christian. I'm not sure if he's doing all three. But oh, okay. We should look. Oh, if, we if can we are. interview him. We, we can interview him, but we could also maybe use his edition to kind of. a... Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Give him like a. This is you like rock. live podcast. Right we didn't prepare for this exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, we're still doing this book, and this yeah. is the one we said we were doing. But you know, obviously Ian is too cool for school, so he gets his uh, know, fancy. Brutal. Who publishes that one again? It's this like is the a Lobe Classics. Yeah, but it's Harvard, a Harvard right? Yes, yeah, Harvard, Harvard yeah. edition. Well, I actually have the Oxford one. So.
1: Oh, I'm about <laughs> okay. And yeah, we're gonna get our, try to get my buddy Caleb maybe to. Oh, come that's and right. Like he gave yeah, well, did he? he could do like some like.
0: I actually have this edition too. I only have part one. Do you have part two? Yeah. Okay, it's I'll fun. the by part two. Yeah, I love it. Uh, hey, so we are in book seven. Yeah. And in book seven, Augustine, this is one of the coolest chapters. I just reread it. And in fact, I taught on this, uh, I wanna say last, when was it, this spring? Yeah. But reading it again, like a, some things clicked. And I read it fast, so it's not gonna be perfect, but just his, his ability to think through the nature of God and how that unlocks the problem of evil for him. Yeah. I didn't really make that connection too tightly before, or at all really. Because I thought about the problem of evil for him, it's, it's the privation. Yeah. But I didn't get like, oh, it's because he meditated on the nature of God. And so how is God not evil and all good? Yeah. And the reason is because God doesn't change, he can't get worse. Yeah. He can't be corrupted and be broken down. Yeah. So it yeah, so has to be good. And be anything
1: good. anything that's subject to corruption assumes the good. Right. But it mo- it's a movement away it's from movement the good. It's a movement
0: away from the good. Yeah. So that and everything God creates is good because God is good. Yeah.
1: So even even right. things that we would determine as like not like as like maybe something that would be like not good or evil, in a sense still has goodness in it because it has right. being. And right. being by its by its very nature is actually yeah. a well, good thing. Well
0: says in uh, first or second Timothy can't remember that everything God created is good and it can be made holy with I think prayer and thanksgiving. So this is the kind of thing that that Augustine actually believes, but it's really interesting because if he, if you have the wrong view of God, you won't come to this conclusion yep. about evil. Like if you think, as Augustine says, he thinks in this chapter that God is like a thing, like yeah. a finite being in yeah. the universe, extended in space and in time, in space, like
1: physically, and that's because because uh, of, of his, I think his understanding of the image of God. Right, he actually mm-hmm. reads that us back into oh, God somehow. It I don't remember like, him saying he, yeah. that might be true, but he, yeah, it might be in, it might be in a different chapter, yeah. but he
0: talks about Manichaeism, which yeah. is the belief that things that are material are kind of bad and basically God is a material thing even if he's extended in space. Yeah. So it actually took reading the Platonist to really help him have like the tools to describe what the Bible says about God. Yeah. Which is interesting because people are talking about today like can you use like uh, Thomas Aquinas right. when he's not the Bible
1: or can you use Philosophy, when its not the Bible. Yeah. Can you use Cicero? Can you use Plotinus or something like right. that? Right. Yeah. I think but he—he he gives a check on that, though, right? it's he like oh, he's like he they don't know forth. that he goes right through like John One, like the prologue. Yes. Like, this is, you know, we became flesh. The platonists do not know this, right? So like he's there. There's a limit to what they can say, exactly. Uh, and really, what he's doing is like showing how like their reasonable reflections on you know being God, nature, that kind of stuff actually can like. Uh, has has a right orientation, but it's inadequate, and so like, but Scripture is the one that really actually points the way to what is absolutely true.
0: That's right. Yeah. Well, he goes back, so he, he quotes Romans one, 20, 1 20, yeah. says you can know yeah. God's invisible nature. So this is seventeen twenty three, but he'll ask, also, he also this whole thing about what what could never know because it's not revealed in the Bible, yep. basically. So there's the limits. Like you can actually, as Romans one says, know about God's invisible power, His nature. That God exists, that he's maybe the creator in general. Yeah. But you're never going to know that God, the word, assumed humanity for us and for our salvation. Yeah. Which is interesting because he gets into Apollinarianism at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. Which is like almost seemed random.
1: Yeah, totally random. But he's talking about like the rational soul of Christ. The rational soul of yeah. Christ.
0: Um, I don't know. We might, it's possible that we'll come back to this chapter because yeah, this he does is, so much in it. Yeah. Um, But uh, I don't know. There's a couple things. One, I would just say.
1: Well, if we interview Caleb Coho. Maybe yeah, we, we could, could talk through this. Him. Yeah.
0: So, I don't know if there's anything, like, really cool that we want to pick up on. We're, I think we're going to do, like, a shorter yeah. <laughs> podcast because you probably have to get going. But um, I would say the one thing is this encounter with the Platonist books and also the Doctrine Review. which should probably just touch on both of those yep. things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me, actually, here's some. Can you read 12, 18? Which is, it was obvious to me that things which are liable My to corruption translations are good.
1: Read. So, 18, let me see. 11...
0: And then thirteen nineteen, is when he says for for you evil does not so Mine's still. like
1: totally going to be different, so I, don't even I think know you what should
0: have some of the same numbers. So it might be thirteen for you, thirteen and twelve is what right, I think yours are going to be.
1: But see, look, mine has like a number with a period, and then another number in brackets. So that's what I have.
0: So it's just opposite. So what? try thirteen. Oh, I don't know.
1: Who knows? So at, at first, you wanted to show me how you resist the proud, I think.
0: No, try go. Up. <laughs> Give uh, me a call. I'll just read, I'll read, it. It. I'll just hey, read go it over. It. It was obvious to me that the things which are liable to corruption are good. If they were the supreme goods, or if they were not goods at all, they could not be corrupted. I mean, if you're like the best ever, and you get worse, you're not the best. Right. Which makes no sense.
1: Yeah, it's like a degree.
0: Um, if there were no good in them, there would be nothing capable of being corrupted. So corruption implies goodness because yeah. you're getting worse from something. It's right. like rust implies strong metal. Yeah. Corruption does harm, and unless it diminishes the good, no harm would be done. Therefore, either Corruption does not harm, which cannot be the case, or which is wholly certain. All things that are corrupted suffer privation of some good. If they were to be deprived of all good, they would not exist at all. If they were to exist and to be immune from corruption, they would be superior because they would be permanently incorruptible. What could be better? What could be more absurd than to say that by losing all good, things are made better? So then, if they are deprived of all good, they will be nothing at all. Therefore, as long as they exist, they are good. And he goes on and on. Accordingly, whatever things exist are good, and the evil into whose origins I was inquiring is not a substance. Yeah. Which is going to be a really key thing. Yeah. And he goes on to God. Now, I should say he quotes the Bible like crazy. This is like the one paragraph where he doesn't because he's kind of summarizing things. So if you hear this and you're like, that's really philosophical. No, no. He's right before this, he quotes the Psalms, Exodus, Romans, uh, Wisdom, John, uh, on and on. So we're giving the summary. You read the chapter and you see this is actually biblical theology, yeah. not merely a philosophical explanation of the Bible. Although it is philosophical, it's it's coming right from and the he, Bible. He
1: also, I, I could be wrong, but I think, is this the first time where he kind of name drops Paul as well? And he's going to like set the stage for then his readings, of, reading of Romans yes. 13 in the garden. Where I, think I think you're right. I think he's kind of giving us like a little bit of like a, a, a like a hat tip to like what's going to come. Yes. You it's
0: know? An, for me, it's a uh, section 21. Yeah. With avid intensity, I seize the sacred writings of your spirit and especially yeah. the apostle Paul. I love that language of your spirit, right? So, well, because like, the spirit's the author, yeah. right? And I think that's that's the one thing we've replaced. We say the human author is the primary author, and the yeah. spirit's sort of there. Yeah. Where I think I don't I can't think of any exceptions to the rule. But anyone in the early millennium yeah. would say the spirit's the primary author, and then the human author is almost the secondary. Yeah, now, remember, that's a weird language, but you get my point. And if you
1: remember from like the first, like the previous book, so like book maybe was it like five or six, where he's talking about Ambrose and then like spiritual hmm. reading, you know, yes, like okay. you've got to think that there's like this connection between, okay, like noting the authorship of the Bible is primarily being the Holy Spirit, and then like the way we read is actually governed by a spiritual reading, which obviously is connected to the person of the Holy Spirit as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Well, this mm-hmm. is going to be one of the things that's really interesting in the early church is that. Because you have to ask the question today. Um, what can a believer know about the Bible that an unbeliever can't? And for most of us, we'd say it's almost nothing. Because you could be a scientist or a an historian, and you're going to know more about history, you're going to know more about grammar, Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. Yeah. I would say if you asked anyone in the early church, first they wouldn't understand the question exactly, but here's how they probably would answer it. They would say it's the Spirit. Yeah. You're, the more spiritual you are, the more shaped you are by the Word of God, and so aligned with the nature of God, the deeper you'll understand the mysteries of Scripture, yeah. because it's Spirit written. Virtually all would say that. I mean, they all do say that, but no one would have asked that question because it's probably it too just, obvious. You know, yeah, it's self-evident it's like, almost. Yeah, if you're full of the Spirit and you and you actually are more a good moral spiritual person, you're yeah. going to understand the yeah. words better,
1: which goes back to the whole idea of like orienting yourself towards the good, which is God. Which is like, he also talks a lot about it in this chapter. I think uh, like the idea of like God is like a unity, and then like working towards that, you become right. more unified. And I noticed too, like. I'd be interested to like dive into this a little bit more, but the, the contrast seems to be between not unity and diversity as if like diversity would be a negative, but really unity versus multiplicity. Whereas like multiplicity like is bad because it can become like disjointed and kind of chaotic. Mm. Right. So you can have unity and diversity, like the Trinity and that's fine. That's good. Uh, but to have a unity versus a multiplicity is bad because that's moving away from something that's like the good, which is unified.
0: No, that's definitely... I don't, I don't remember in this chapter, but that is in this book for I sure. He says, I think he says it early in this chapter. Yeah, okay, I might have just missed it or yeah. whatever because I kind of read this fast. There's, there's one other piece I want to note, and that's the question of the will. So for me, it's three to five or five to seven, so it might be either uh, of those for your book. A disaster here. But when, he, when uh, Augustine names the cause of sin in him, it's his will. Yeah. This is really important because I think for a lot of us, we get this confused. We think, okay, if you're not, not a Christian, you can't understand anything. Yeah. But then you... Okay, but then you have people who build roads... Um, sewer systems, brain surgeons—they seem to know a lot. Or a philosopher can maybe say some true things about the moral universe. You're like, oh, they kind of get it. No. But actually, it's not so much that you can't know what's true. I mean, that's partly partly there, but you can't do it. I mean, no. Romans one is really clear on this. And two, people know what, or in Romans seven, knowing what to do, um, you can know what to do, but you can't actually will it. And he actually identifies that. And then he says that um, this condition not being able to will the good is actually not just guilt but the punishment itself. It's just fa- I think Romans 1
1: makes that whole argument. Oh, I think that's for sure. The punishment, like, because we often think about the punishment of sin. Yeah, we sin- see symptoms of, of something in, in claim. Right. That, like, we're going to get punished for that and it's like, no, actually, no, that, that is the punishment. that is.
0: And you some people read Romans one like a hierarchy of worse and worse. Yeah. Maybe there's something to that but actually, what it's arguing is that the punishment for sin is abandonment.
1: Yeah.
0: It's when you know it is right but you can't do it. Yeah. And so, uh, Calvin would say, that the, and um, not just Calvin, but, um, well, Bob would say this, Calvin would say this, and also B.B. Warfield. B.B. Warfield as well. Oh, he's
1: pulling some Warfield. B.B.
0: Warfield, I read yeah. him recently. He argues, like Calvin, that the Holy Spirit inspires non-believers to do virtue good. Yeah. And so, I think a society gets abandoned when that's basically gone, yeah. so that your leaders Terrifying. are actually not good leaders, not virtuous, they're corrupt. Place now. <laughs> well, it could be, but... With that, with that, Even Canada, for example, we could have 100 years of material prosperity yeah. and it would all look good. But it's actually But it's not. moral depravity. Yeah. And that's the punishment itself because yeah. there's eternal consequences. Uh, and also, wow. if you know anyone who's lived a bad life, like or, or watch any of the Godfather movies. Just watch, you know, movie one to movie three. It's a good illustration of how, like, you live bad, your life is bad. Yeah, That is the punishment itself. And yeah. you've got to think, hell, something like that. Yeah. It's worse and worse because you're just, like... You're able to destroy yourself over and over again because there's nothing to restrain you. Yeah. But anyways, it helps him with the origin of evil because God can't will evil at all. And I want to make I want to quote him once. Augustine says, "For the will and power of God is God's very self," which it goes so back. We'll say it again. Okay, the will and power of God is oh, God's yeah, yeah, very yeah, yeah, yeah. self, which is hugely important. Which, so which kind of goes to a simplicity unity, issue. Unity, simplicity. Yeah. Whereas today we, we often want to think about God as like this this threefold person, right? Where He's like the Father does His own thing, the Son does His own thing, etc. But He is perfect in His solitary will. The persons act inseparably, but there's nothing worse or better, right? right. They have to act inseparably. Yeah. There's no other alternative. And so in some of our theological discussions, say we get really sloppy. So you like the Father sends a Son, and the Son's will is kind of like submissive to the Father, almost like a like a like a like a like a little kid or something. Yeah and the fathers like you got to do this you got to do this no no they're 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 working in unison inseparably operating as the old word because there's a single power yep. and the power uh, well I don't actually know what the Latin word is probably potentia but power dunamis is the yeah, power that right. only belongs I've got to it god in here somewhere in the Latin. okay now. yeah, look <laughs> you got to find it Anyway, so those are just some things I think are really it's interesting,
1: important. Cause like the, like recent discussions about, was it? John 10. That was, there was some people were having yes, people about, are talking about that. And then like, but that is, I remember reading Chrysostom on that and that he locates that unity in John 10. i and the father of one. It's not merely one in purpose, but it's actually a, because of what they're doing. It's actually a, a, a unity in power is how Chrysostom yes. read it, um, which would then go back to this whole kind of question, right? It's like that they do share that one, one unified right. will and power. Um,
0: well, i think i mean that's just a really quick that's the early argument is that because god has the power of the three it can only belong to god the power of creation just for one example so first corinthians 8 6 etc and therefore their acts are evidence of that power and if that power belongs to the three they must be the divine nature yeah that's, good. that's a really basic argument so if, if the father son and, and uh, spirit all co-create they have the power of god and therefore they're god yeah that's the really really basic argument everything else is on the other side of the chasm it's a creature And so this is the whole thing, but they have to have a single will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically you're getting three gods. Or else
0: you're getting three gods. It would be really confusing. It's
1: not three gods, right? So when Jesus says, you know,
0: I, you know, for example, on earth, he falls to follow his will. He's he's saying that in a way that makes sense to us, but he's also saying that because he assumes a human will on our, on our behalf. Anyways, that's not what we're talking about though. Yeah. Again,
1: far afield from Augustine. Um,
0: Far afield. Yes. so he's searching for the for this origin of evil, and he begins to realize he needs to stop visualizing God as a thing in the created universe. He's something that's above and beyond, incorruptible, unchangeable, immutable. And so he eventually has to reason that that evil is something that is less than good. Yeah, it is, you know, misdirected goodness. So you want to do a really good thing, so you you love a woman, but then you might like say get angry and hit her out of, out of the sort of love and anger well that's misdirected goodness no. it's obviously horrible because you twist love to be evil Yeah, and so you have abuse in this world it's like a, a twisted love isn't that a song twisted love uh, is that Marilyn
1: Manson I don't know ew. No. he's in all kinds of trouble now too
0: is he? yeah I think yeah. I heard about that actually so maybe maybe that's that is a song that, that's, uh, that's fitting with him do uh, you have anything you want to say about this before you go?
1: no I think we said some good stuff I listened to it in the car yesterday, right. so I don't have anything written in my notes. So I feel like an idiot.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Uh, it's great I, for you because you look smarter. I look way smarter. <laughs> I that's got a, really, the key. I got a better beard, so that's give a way better beard now. I should have kept mine growing so we could have come yeah. and, and been like actual Theo Bros. Yeah. So, all right, into theology. We'll probably record again. I don't know. Are you how we'll do it are? next week? Yeah, we'll do it next week. Yeah. We we'll just will probably do it on I'll Zoom be or whatever. And, but yeah, that'd be good. Um, okay, bye, friends.